You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Bruce Bozzi. On the last season of Table for Two, we had some good times with some of the best guests you could possibly ask for. Table for Two is a bit different from other interview shows. We sit down at a great restaurant for a meal, and the stories start flowing. We're back for a second season. We'll be breaking bread with Colin Jost, Michael Mann, Divine Joy Randolph, just to name a few. Listen and subscribe to Table for Two on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. IntraQuest, created by Michael Freiberg, a production of iHeartRadio and Astra Media. Listen with headphones for 3D audio. The Gatemans Gauntlet, ahead in the tunnel corridor are three drop gates and a final swing gate with archers and spearmen guarding the exit. Our only hope is to clear it before it shuts. Keep running and don't stop until we're safe in the desert sands. That's the plan, either. Welcome to the Azrael Desert. We're lucky we made it here alive. Our number one priority should be finding a path back to the main route that leads to the mole lair. All we have are the supplies on our back, so we'll have to be resourceful if we plan to survive out here. Speaking of which, where in the desert are we? Hmm. Surveying the immediate grounds, we appear to be standing at the bottom of a deep and narrow chasm. A valley, to be precise. To our rear and sides are towering rock face, too steep to scale without proper equipment. Off in the distance, at the other end of the valley, there's some sort of unidentifiable black landmass. I venture to call it a small mountain in silhouette, but I can't be certain from so far away. Ah, map! Indeed, if only we had a map, I could pinpoint our location in the desert. Ah, map! Oh, uh, what do you have there? 
The map! Yes! Sirius, you grabbed it off the gate man's desk before we left. Let me take a look. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's all here. The main route across the desert leading to the Molaire. The baobab tree marking its location and a pathway from atop these cliffs to guide us there. It plots out everything required to find our way to the Molaire, recover the satellite dish, and complete the agency's mission. Everything that is except for our current location, this valley is missing from the map's diagram. The unidentified black landmass. Assuming it's a mountain, it could have a trail leading out of the valley with terrain we can actually climb. Well, it's possible, but that's... The only path forward. We have to keep moving, keep trying to find a way out. Sure, Ether. Good. Let's get a move on, then. Now, as long as we're traveling through uncharted territory, it's imperative we remain on high alert of our surroundings. Otherwise, we expose ourselves to unwelcome surprises and may fail to identify opportunities along the way. And need I remind you two, it's only a matter of time until we run out of food and water, our hope of escape dwindles, and we end up trapped in this valley with no way out! Logo! I stubbed my toe on this pesky rock! Wait. That's not a rock. Either? It's a conch shell. What's a conch shell doing in the middle of the desert? I don't know. Serious, here, hold it to your ear and listen. You can hear the ocean. Wave! Pretty pink! This is exactly the kind of negligence I warned about. Sirius's antics may have given away our position. He's just having some fun. Besides, we're the only ones down here. For good reason. Still, we need to proceed with the utmost caution until we confirm we're indeed alone. Despite what seems like a foregone conclusion, who knows what could be lurking in this valley? Ugh. I'll tell you what's lurking in this valley right now. Sand, rocks, and the grating sound of your... Huh? Sirius, I said knock it off. Uh-uh. This serious no-make sound? Then where'd that come from? Mm, I have a theory, Ether, but I'll need you to be absolutely quiet as Sirius sounds the shell again. Huh? Go ahead, blow the shell. Huh? One, two, three, four... Sirius, come here for a moment. This mission may be too much for Logo. He's been acting weird since we met him, and the fall probably pushed him over the edge. Big brain's more fragile. Mm -hmm. Logo, it's all going to be okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to get you some help, Mm -hmm. and you can stop counting now. 42, 43, 44, 45. Precisely as hypothesized. Sirius, sound it a final time. Uh Humor him, I guess. As soon as Sirius blew into the shell, I started counting seconds in my head. I'm confirming it now, but I believe we're about five miles away from the black landmass at the valley's end. Huh? How do you figure? And what about the sound we just heard? Where'd that come from? It's an echo. It's all quite logical. As observers at ground level, our line of sight is limited to roughly three miles, beyond which objects seemingly vanish past the horizon. The only reason we can identify the black landmass ahead is due to its great height, allowing us to make out the mountain top while its base remains hidden from view. Sound, however, is unencumbered by these optical limitations. When Sirius blows through the conch shell, the sound travels all the way to the black mountain mass in the distance and then returns to us as a reflection of the original signal. Echo! Precisely. And given that the speed of sound in dry air is roughly 343 meters per second, I can calculate our distance from the mountain. Working through the formula speed of sound equals distance divided by time, and then having the answer to account for our one-way direction of travel brings us to the five-mile marker I alluded to, which is the total distance to our path of escape, and wherein lies the basis of the reverberation of sound throughout the valley. Magic. Not magic, math. And like before, the sound should be coming back to us in ten, nine, eight, seven. Sounds like you're off by a few seconds. Must be a rounding error. No, I stand by it. Total return time for the sound is a function of its distance traveled. That can only mean one thing. The black mountain mass, whatever it is, is moving towards us? Well, then, let's get a move on. Come on. But didn't you hear what I said? We could stay here and wait for it to come to us, or we can go and face it head on. I choose onwards and upwards. Ah, serious with Ethan. Wait for me! Wait for me!
Since we're proceeding forward, it's important to note that every five-second reduction in echo return time corresponds to approximately half a mile nearer in distance. So the sooner the echo returns, the closer we are. Noted. Sirius, sound the shell from time to time so we know how far we are away from the Black Mountain mass. Now, if we can only reach a higher vantage point, with increased range of sight, we might be able to identify the nature of the approaching object and even chart out a path back to the main route. We'll be on the lookout. Anything else? No. Let's just hope that Black Mountain mass doesn't speed up. Oh, no. Logo. I think I'm starting to lose it. My eyes are deceiving me. Over on the right, on that nearby isolated cliffside, I see a beam of light coming from what looks like a lighthouse. There's even steps carved into the rock face leading up to it from the valley. It must be a symbol for my subconscious. Do I go into the light or run away from it? Mm-hmm. Lighthouse on Lone Cliff. Oh, serious. You see it too? Mm-hmm. See, Logo? Don't be so dramatic. Things are looking up already. You're right. The lighthouse. There's our higher vantage point. I bet we can restock on supplies, too. There may even be a way to call for help. We're saved. Well, I didn't quite say that, but... We're saved! We're saved! (laughs) I'm going into the light! (sighs) Come on, Sirius. Logo's heading to that light like a moth to flame. We might have to save him from getting burned. Here we are, the lighthouse. Hello? Anyone home? No answer. Serious, no! Don't do it! The door's unlocked. Make sure to be on your best behavior when we meet the lighthouse keeper. If we're lucky, we'll learn the fastest way out of this valley and back to the main route. (laughs) This place is all run down. It's full of cobwebs, mold, and... Bats! Door. It must lead to the keeper's quarters. Wait. Before we enter, it'd be wise to formulate a plan. One of us should stay behind at the lighthouse to try and mine for supplies and information from the benefit of this high vantage point. That way, the other two can pair up and continue exploring the valley and share their findings upon return. Okay. How do you propose we split up? It should be merit-based. Sirius, you're a natural tracker. You can locate trails or detect hidden dangers, so your talents are best utilized down on the valley floor. Ether, you're... uh... You're... You like to talk a lot, so you should be able to make quick friends out of any hostile strangers encountered out in the valley. As for me, well, I'm an intellectual. I could ingratiate myself with the Keeper, as I'm sure this lighthouse is full of complex machinery that requires a lot of technical know-how and scientific knowledge to operate. Things that would be painfully boring to the average individual. For the sake of the team, I volunteer to stay behind. Oh, how brave of you, Logo. Sirius, do you agree to our hero's proposal? Chicken hard. (gasps) Deal. Wait, one last thing. What if I need to protect myself when I'm alone? Can I borrow a weapon? We don't travel with weapons, remember? But you two go on missions that take you to places like this. What do you mean you don't travel with weapons? We found bringing weapons into unfamiliar places just invites trouble. Besides, Sirius protects us. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, let's go in. Visitors! How nice! Come on in, you're just in time! Thank you. My feet are aching. You were expecting us? No. Oh, it kind of sounded like you were. How good of you to come! If I'd known you'd be early, I'd have finished tidying up! We don't mind, but wait... We didn't plan to come here. We happened here by chance. And a little late, if you ask me. It's tea time. But I'm afraid there isn't much left. Please, help yourselves. Way ahead of you. Now that you're here, we can finally start. Okay. Oh, uh, I'm Ether, this wiry fellow's logo. And big guy is serious. And I'm Sherlock. Have a seat. So tell us, Sherlock, why is there a lighthouse out here in the desert? 
Huh? The lighthouse. Why is it overlooking the desert? Lighthouse? Desert? Uh, I don't follow. The building we're in right now. Normally, it'd be overlooking an ocean, but instead it's here in the desert. Oh, yes! That lighthouse! Well, let's see. It's a long story. You were saying? No, but what? The story. You were going to tell us the story behind the lighthouse? Oh, yes! Back to the days when it was wet all over. At the time, I was a sailor stationed on the SS Pangea. Beauty of a vessel, fabulous crew. Loved them like they were family, which they were. I come from a long line of seafarers. Of course, then came the war. Next thing I know, we're surrounded. And then... Cannonball! Lodged right in the hole. Causes to fear, of course, and we never had a chance once we hit that iceberg. They say 90% of an iceberg lies beneath the water's surface, and 100% of the time, I found that to be true. I'll tell you, it took us forever to get those animals back on board the ark. But I digress. We were gone. Just then, we saw the guiding light of this lighthouse and swam ashore. We made it to our new home, and over time, I became its captain. What? Eventually came the darkness that covered the land. The water turned to vapor and was sucked up by the night sky. Then it got hot. Real hot. That dry heat where your toes stick together and your lips seal shut. I, I started sweating. I felt moisture pooling up on my brow. Made me thirsty. So I decided to come in here and Make some iced tea. Then you three walked in. How inconsiderate of me. Let me get you a refill. Sugar or lemon? No, I'm... I'm all right. Nonsense! I insist. More tea would be lovely. About the lighthouse, though. How long has it been here? Shoot. About as long as I can remember. I reckon since the dawn of time itself. That dang grandfather clock, taunting me for an eternity. Tick-tock! Tick-tock! Calling my name, trying to hypnotize me with its golden rod. Sherlock! Sherlock! Prodding me with its pointy hands. Old crock! Old crock! Driving me cuckoo, cuckoo! Why I ought to rip your hands right off and break your face! Killing time now, Grandfather. Okay, where were we? Sirius and I were just on our way out. Oh, leaving so soon? Really wish we could stay, but we have business back down in the valley. Wait! Great meeting you, Sherlock. Me too. I should also be... On your best behavior, Logo. Remember, you're a guest. No, please! Don't leave me alone with this insanely gracious host! <laughs> So, so, do you like being a lighthouse keeper? There's something off with Sherlock. He's a little (laughs) scatterbrain. We dodged a bullet with that one. Hey, keep sounding the shell while we walk. Someone could think it's a distress signal and come to our rescue. Well, Sirius, it's just us two again. Out on a mission. Just like old times. We're a long way from Imperia. We go home soon. Yeah. Assuming Logo actually knows what he's talking about with that astronomy mumbo-jumbo and can show us how to reach Imperia by following the Eclipse's path of totality. Ah, trust Logo. Logo's smart. I know. But I just can't stop thinking about it. The day we return home. Part of me worries that maybe we've been gone too long. 
But too much time has passed. We'll get back and everything will be different. The home we knew, the people we're trying to save. They'll all have changed. So much so, they might as well be strangers in some foreign land. And another part of me worries that we'll get back and find that nothing's different. The people and places preserved, same as before, but Imperia no longer feels like home. Because we're the ones who have changed. Hear that? The sound returned more quickly. The black mass must be getting closer. What is it, Sirius? Spot something? Tracks! Wide, flat, furrow-like. Follow! Where do you think it leads? Flowers! Field of white flowers! Sirius, you know what this means? There must be water nearby. my holster rather nicely, don't. Fane, neither his life nor his amulet are ours to take. They are only vessels for the one we serve. Fine. And where are my men? Allow me to make a proper introduction. I'm Fane, chief alchemist of the Necronauts. These here are Zephyr and Luna, our sunken childs. We welcome you to our hallowed grounds. The Valley of the Shadow of Death. We'll make ourselves right at home. Fang, check out the big man. Looks like we got ourselves a green thumb. Oh, came across our flowers, did you? Pretty, I know. They only grow here in the valley. Something about the nutrients in the soil. Our own organic fertilizer. The blood of heathens. And if you peel back the petals, you'll find a secret inside. When the flower dies, it releases spores. Just one taste of the interior risen will bring you closer to the inner truth. We're not here for your flowers. Oh, we're not worried about that. What do you want? It's not what we want. It's what our master desires. Your master? Go meet her soon enough. Zephyr! Luna! Load up the cargo for transport! <laughs> Give me a wrist to tie. There, get to walking. Hey, we're walking. We're walking. Oh God, I can't believe I'm about to ask Sherlock for help. But as Ether says, desperate times call for desperate measures. Sherlock. My travel companions and I are experiencing some navigational difficulties. Our map of the surrounding area is incomplete, and while I can overlook a few missing topographical features and contour lines, the valley's absence renders the map inadequate as a cartographic guide. Since you reside here, it'd be highly agreeable if you would please direct me to the nearest path leading out of the valley. So, you're seeking direction in life. I suppose you could say that. Beware what lies in the desert. What lies there? The Black Viper. The Call of the Void. Shadows. People can spend a lifetime chasing echoes. Some get lost along the way. Others 
Others find what they were hoping to hear. Which is? The songstress at the end of the tune. Do you know who's behind your lullaby? I'm sorry, but I can't interpret your cryptic language. Symbolize, symbolize, symbolize. Look, here's the map. How about you point to our current location? And we'll use that as a reference marker. Oh, me? But I'm not even here right now. Whew. Okay, of course not. Do you have any travel insight or just more inane nonsense? Well, I'm a traveler too, you know. A time traveler. I live in the future. I dwell in the past. You won't find me in the present. Now what are you doing? Drawing? This is your path forward. A circle. You drew a circle. That which has no beginning has no end. Bound to repeat this endless loop we are. Our hunger insatiable like the serpent that feasts on its own tail. I can't take much more of this. The problem you face is... You're too smart for... Your own good. What? Well, your problem. Your problem is that you don't make any sense. I can't even understand you because of the way you speak. Talk without rhythm, don't alert the priest. Walk without rhythm, don't attract the beast. Walk without rhythm, don't attract the beast? (sighs) Sherlock, if you didn't want to help, then you should have just said so. Okay, I... I'm headed up to the observation deck so I can get a view of the valley. At least then this visit will have been worth something. The true path lies in Tarnal! High Priestess Nadir, we brought you two outsiders. Caught them trespassing in the nether gardens. You two. What do you call yourselves? I'm Ether. That's serious. We stumbled here by accident. Ether, serious. How fortunate an accident. You're just in time. The moon's almost at zenith. Our ceremony's about to begin. Fang, Zephyr, Luna, show our guests of honor to the observation brig, where they may behold the awakening. At once, High Priestess. <laughs> you heard her? Prepare to get walking! <laughs> Nadir, the big one had with him this conch shell. I took it so he wouldn't disrupt the ceremony. Want to toss it? How rare a find. Let him hold on to it. I don't think it's a good idea to let an outsider be in possession of an instrument during the ceremony. Yet you think it wise to talk back to your high priestess? Sorry. Fang, question my command again, and I'll ensure you die an unholy death. Luna... Return the shell to him. Right away, High Priestess. Here. Sirius, I invite you to join us in honoring our master with your music. The sound of your shell will add to the symphony of the summoning. (laughs) Now take them away to the brig. My pleasure, High Priestess. You two, get a move on. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European Political Systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) 
Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Bruce Bozzi. On the last season of Table for Two, we had some good times at the table enjoying lunch with some of the best guests you could possibly ask for. People like George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Scarlett Johansson, and the beautiful Sarah Jessica Parker, to name a few. Table for Two is a bit different from other interview shows. We sit down at a great restaurant for a meal, maybe a glass of rosé, and the stories start flowing. It is intimate, revealing, and often hilarious. We're back for a second season, and the guests are going to be just as incredible. We'll be breaking bread with Colin Jost, Michael Mann, Divine Joy Randolph, just to name a few. And this time around, we're going even deeper, and we'll have something new for you each week We'll talk about the big breaks, heartbreaks, and of course, food. So I hope you'll pull up a chair and join us for the latest season. Listen and subscribe to Table for Two on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Even from up here on the observation deck, I still can't quite make out what that black mass is. The distance is too far away, and it's dark and foggy out now. <sighs> Where's it headed? Retract the optical magnifier? Sherlock, when did you come up here? But, yes, good idea. If I adjust the beacon's angle to refocus the light upon our immediate vicinity, at least I can observe if anything of note is happening on the valley floor. Retracting it, retracting it. Testing ocular realignment and... (gasps) Oh no! Ether and Sirius! It looks like they're in trouble! Sherlock, those people down there... They'll see the light and know someone's up here. Will they come for you? Me? No. I'm nobody. And you can't hurt someone with no body. I'm a ghost, and I haunt myself. So... You think they'll leave you alone? People come to the lighthouse looking for the key to Sherlock. But they lack the right frame of mind to open the door within. You know, I used to be just like you. Uh Uh-huh. I remember it like it was tomorrow. In a future life, I was the queen of the old country. Then she took everything from me. Who? She lives in the walls of my attic, and she kills me every night. Sherlock? When she visits you, turn down her offer. The golden goose comes with a noose. Once she catches you, she'll never let loose. She hunts for game. Your pain, her gain. Only yourself to blame when she drives you insane. Uh, I've, I've said too much. Please forgive me! Ah, come on, get moving. This is no way to treat your guests of honor now, is it? You made me waste my last bullet on a warning shot. Now you're going to wish it was you I wasted instead. Zephyr! The brig! The door to the cage is open and waiting. Fill her up. You two, get in! (laughs) A cage for an animal? Perfect fit. (laughs) Don't be sad, you two. I'm jealous. After all, you've got a front row view of the ceremony. High Priestess Nadir approaches. How are our guests doing? Sitting pretty in the brig. They ain't going nowhere. Fang, go prepare the tribute for the awakening. Aye, aye, High Priestess. Luna, Zephyr, ready the grounds. I'll speak with our guests and enlighten them on a ritual. It will be our honor. Come, Zephyr. My fortunate sons, 
Your arrival is a good omen. Few outsiders ever witnessed the glory of our master's work. Your master? Who do you serve? The one true savior. Umbra. Umbra? Why, yes. She is the last bastion of truth in a world full of lies. Umbra, and only Umbra, will lead us into suffering and deliver us to salvation. Why? Why would you choose to worship something that brings you suffering? Suffering is glorious. It's divine. There is truth in suffering. I don't understand. You choose to suffer in life? Aether, life is suffering. From the moment you enter this world, you're born a prisoner. Condemned to a life with no reason for being, no deeper meaning, no higher purpose. Where you search for answers, you find only questions. The wise among us see life for what it truly is. A cruel joke, played in a cold world, apathetic to our existence. Some get sick and never get well. Others lose their sanity and stay lost in their minds. The lucky few pass silently into the night. You're wrong. There's more to life than that. There has to be. The only constant in life is chaos and suffering. The only certainty, death. Beyond that, it's just deceit. You see, Aether, in a futile attempt to make sense of it all, the wickedest lie people tell themselves is that they have no control over their lives, that they're too weak to influence their destiny, that they have no choice but to suffer at the whims of fate and fortune. But they're wrong. We can choose. We can submit to the chaos. We can choose to suffer. We can embrace death. And in that, there is freedom. In that lies the path to salvation. That's your answer? Give up on life? No. We give in. We give in to what is real. We give in to Umbra. You willingly surrender to her. To commit yourself to Umbra makes you invincible, for then nothing else can hurt you. It's the only sane choice in this insane world. You may not understand, but there is pleasure to despair. A relief from torment, a solace in suffering. Through Umbra, we may rest in peace. High Priestess, we've arranged the grounds and identified the source of the light that intrudes upon our sacred rites. It stems from atop the southern cliff, the old lighthouse. I'll gather the others and put it out. No, my child. On the contrary. Let it shine a light on our master's glory. Is the lighthouse not worth searching for fresh tributes fit for offering? I've paid a visit to the beacon before and spoken with its keeper. There is nothing left for Umbra to possess. As you say. Let the light illuminate our ceremony so all may bear witness to her glory. Big man. Blow your shell for Umbra. Do it, Sirius. High Priestess, the tribute is secured and has been branded with the mark of possession. He's ready to be received. Good. Inoculate him with the elixir. One drop of sweet white flower nectar to open his mind to the inner truth. Hear that, boys? Give him a taste of the risen. Sirius, the Black Mass. It must be close. It begins! Umbra! 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 What do I do? What do I do? Ether and Sirius are in danger down there. Even if they fend off the assailants, the Black Mass is still getting closer. Ever heard a sound you can't unhear? That echoes in your ears? Drawn in by the pitch? Transfixed in frequency? That must be it. Sound. Sound must be what's attracting the Black Mass. Like when it heard the horn of the conch shell. I can try to lure it away to the cliffs here and keep Ether and Sirius safe. 
Does this lighthouse have a foghorn? It does. Great. Where is it? Service room. Upstairs. In the attic. The attic. Of course. Okay. Anything else I should know about the foghorn? Foghorn? Foghorn's broken. The foghorn's broken? Yes, sirree. Broken. How do I fix it? You're searching for the right answer, but asking the wrong question. What? Please, my friends are in big trouble and there isn't much time. That foghorn might be the only thing that can save them. Tell me how to fix it. I don't think you understand the nature of the problem. It's not the break in the horn, it's the tear in the sky, the rupture in the ground, the fracture in the fabric that ripples through our universe. What? We are out of sync with the world, but we're made of the world too. To set everything right, we need to restore balance in ourselves and our universe. Fix the world. Okay. But first the foghorn. Where do I start? It all begins with a big bang. A tug of the pull cord. A flash in the pan. That'll fire up the engine and get the mantle rotating again, as it should be, and you'll be on your way. Okay. But do you have a schematic or manual of some sort? You're the lighthouse keeper. You must have dealt with this before. It's all been set into motion since the world began spinning on its axis. We too cycle around this wheel we call existence, passing through the three phases, birth, life, and death. Round and round and round we go. Maybe I am asking the wrong question. How do I restore balance to our universe and save the world? You find the fulcrum. See the world seesaws back and forth, back and forth, between order and chaos, chaos and order, but everything that goes up must come down. To set everything right and restore balance in our universe, find the fulcrum and make it level. Is that all you have to say? And when the time is right, flip the switch and listen as the harmony of the spheres plays out. How will I know when the time is right? Intuition, of course. <sighs> what am I doing? What a waste of time. That grandfather clock was right. You're just a crazy old crock. Go now, and remember, don't forget... In the hour of the blood moon and the pale bloom, we summon thee, Umbra, our one true master. Heed the call of the Necronauts, travelers to the Intra, guardians of the valley of the shadow of death, martyrs for your possession. Show us the path home to your inner kingdom, for we have lost our way on this terrestrial plane. Shatter the grand illusion and reveal to us our true selves, so we may finally see what's real. Illuminate our final resting place, and we shall be born again in your fertile womb. Immortal in death we live to carry on your name. The sunken child is blessed with the holy fuel. We offer you a tribute so you may rise from your eternal slumber, a dormant vessel bound to your will. Fill his vacant head with your sacred knowledge. Flow through his veins with your blackest bile. Move his lips so he may speak the words that open the hidden door to the intra. Oh yes, oh yes. Possess me, Umbra. I feel her awakening within. See through his charcoal eyes, manifest in his weighty mind. His spirit is yours to incarnate. Use his body as you wish. Bring forward the night fire. Carry the torches to the sacrificial pyre. Oh, Umbra, take me home. I'm ready to be received. Burn away my weakness. Rise from my ashes. Show me the one true path, and I will follow you into the night. Umbra, we pray to thee. Save me from myself and set me free. You sleep inside my soul. Awaken me! You're about to set on fire. Stop! Stop the ceremony! Quiet! How dare you interfere! Nadir! That's not the way to channel Umbra! It won't work! Trust me! I said, quiet! This can't be the first time you've performed this ceremony. Has Umbra ever awakened? I'll teach you the meaning of silence! Let him speak! Stop the ceremony! Huh? You have our ears, Ether. Enlighten us with your hidden wisdom. 
but pick your words carefully, or they'll be your last. You said it yourself. You worship the pain and suffering Umbra brings. You'd like nothing more than for her to possess your soul. The one true path home. Then your words are meaningless. The sunken child's suffering, an illusion. The ceremony, a lie. Nadir, how can you let a prisoner talk like this? He's just a heathen. Does he speak for the high priestess? Hold your tongue, Fang, or I will hold it for you. Finish what you are saying. Umbra feeds off suffering, but you Necronauts welcome death in hopes of channeling her, which means for you, it's not suffering at all. It's pleasure. That's why Umbra won't awaken. You don't know true suffering. Shh! Quiet! Let him speak! This sunken child, like all the others, will give his life in vain for a promise that can't be kept. How can any of you call yourselves your master's true servants when all you offer Umbra is false suffering? (gasps) So spare the life of the sunken child and end this charade. Release us and preserve your honor before Umbra. That's the one true path home. Enough! Release our guests from the brig. You can't! Do it now, Fang, or you will be left behind when we depart. Gentle with untying our rope binds. You heard the high priestess. We're guests. Nadir, thank you for understanding. My partner and I... Fang! Prepare these two for tribute. What? It will be my honor, high priestess. Bless them with the holy fuel! Tie them to the sacrificial pyre. No, but, but... You're right. We necronauts have nothing to offer our master. We'd already give our lives willingly. But you, my surrogate childs, you possess a gift. That of true suffering. You are our key to reaching the intra... Tribute secured to the pile. Please! You're making a mistake. Mm. Won't be needing this amulet where you're going now, Ether, will ya? <laughs> uh, my amulet! You two will serve as vessels for Umbra's glory. Resume the ceremony! Mm. No. I'm sure the foghorn problem isn't anything some simple troubleshooting can't resolve. The engine probably just needs some oil. Yeah, that's right. A little oil and I'll have everything up and running in no time. Oh no. There's a lot more machinery than I anticipated. Not a problem. No cause for concern. I'll take a moment to survey the room and explore the environment. Hmm. Hmm. There's, uh... There's some complex mechanisms, tubular devices, a stable of levers, pulleys, hand cranks, and... Ah! Bats! There are bats! Okay, okay. It's really no problem. I'll take it step by step. Apply the scientific method, and have the foghorn fixed and operational shortly. Hmm. I wonder what happens if I pull this lever and press that button. Ah! First step's always a misstep. Okay, how, how about if I connect these two cords together? Oh no, oh no! This isn't working at all. I'm just randomly pulling levers and pressing buttons. At this rate, it could take forever. And by then, it'd be too late. Ether! No more echo! Black mass, disappear! We have bigger concerns at the moment. Umbra, our one true master, we offer you these two tributes, pure of mind and soul. Their real tears from real cries will soon fill the whites of their eyes. When we wash them in the fire, they will burn most bright, and their screams will bless the night. 
They will suffer as our chosen martyrs. Bodies yours to possess and show us the true path home to the intra. that Sherlock was once able to operate the Foghorn's complex machinery. There must be some method to this madness. <sighs> what was it he said about how it starts? It all begins with a big bang, a tug of the pull cord. That's as good a place to start as any. <clears throat> the engine! It's actually starting! Okay, uh, what was next? We two cycle around this wheel we call existence. Round and round and round we go. The hand wheel! <sighs> okay. Hands in position, ten and two. Let's turn this wheel clockwise. One, two, three. I hear the smoke heating up through the pipes. It's working. Then what? Okay, the world seesaws back and forth between chaos and order to set everything right and restore the balance, find the fulcrum and make it level. Here. A metal beam resting uneven upon its central pivot point, or fulcrum. Next to it are three steel weights of ten, five, and fifteen pounds. I can set the sides equal to balance the beam's lever. The pressure gauge is stabilizing! And when the time is right, flip the switch and listen as the harmony of the spheres plays out. I suppose now is as good a time as any. Here goes nothing! Ah! <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! My creation! It lives! Awaken, Umbra! Awaken from your sleep! I feel it! I feel her awakening! Light the tributes with fire! Oh, master! Break through the ground and open a void to swallow us whole! We welcome your return! Praise be to... understand you. All that nonsense, it made sense. I'm off to rescue my friends. I hope we meet again one day. You can take my sand sled. It's in the basement. Get you there quicker. Sure. Stick to the high ground! Get on! Where to? 
no way out! Black Mountain Master was worm leaped down at Valley End! Huh! Now that the worm is gone, that could be just crazy enough to work! Logo, don't get any wild ideas! I'm one step ahead of you! How's it look? Pretty tight, but if we can make it through that slit in the valley rock, we might be able to escape. Uh... Keep your legs and arms inside the vehicle. It's about to get cozy. We're inside the crevice. The walls are starting to narrow around us, but the exit's only a few yards ahead. Serious. In three seconds, puff and puff and sound that shell like never before. Trust me. Now! Let it go. You did great. I'm doing it! I'm really doing it! I'm saving the day! Look at me! I'm a speed demon! No helmet! No harness! I'm driving without a map! I slow for no! Uh, oh! We're out of gas. But now? Head to the high ground leading out of the valley. We'll be safe there once we're off the dunes. The worm can't pierce through calcified rock. Okay, but why are you walking like that? Oh, uh, talk without rhythm, don't alert the priest. Walk without rhythm, don't attract the beast. Come on, walk like me. Can't beat him. Request, created by Michael Freiberg, a production of iHeartRadio and Astra Media. Executive produced by Michael Freiberg and iHeartRadio. Co-produced by Adam Raimunda and Chelsea English. Sound design and mix by Dennis Dembeck. Music by Trey Toy. Performances by Matthew Broussard, Ether, Mike Leibovitz, Sirius, Mike Kaplan, Logo, Lucy Pohl, Umbra. Featuring Nick Nanny, Gateman. Casey James Salengo, Sherlock, J.P. McDade, Fang, Maddie Smith, Zephyr, Dina Hashem, Luna, Nina Tarr, Nadir, Joe List, Sunken Child. Director and head writer, Michael Freiberg. Writers, Tom Delgado and Will Julian. Story editor, Chelsea English. Dialogue editor, Adam Raimunda. Additional music, Matthew Blocka. Foley, post Red. Full cast and crew in the description. Find more podcasts from iHeartRadio on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, 
listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.